Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic medium and spiritual teacher. And you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, a truly gifted intuitive who can psychically speak with animals. So stick around because you won't want to miss it. Mitchell Osborne is a psychic medium who uses his abilities as a tarot card reader, animal communicator, and mindfulness transformation coach. He's been studying all things metaphysical since 1999 and has presented on the main stage at Reader's Studio in New York. He also teaches other metaphysical classes online and in the Orlando, Florida area. He uses modalities such as EFT tapping, EMT eye movement therapy, NLP, neurolinguistic programming, and hypnosis in his mindfulness and transformation sessions with his clients. He has been a fitness manager, personal trainer, mindfulness facilitator, and group fitness instructor for one of the largest medical groups in the United States. He has been assisting clients in finding wellness for more than 31 years and believes empowering and encouraging balance across the body-mind-spirit connection are equally important. He made it a personal quest to understand his mediumistic, intuitive, and psychic abilities, as well as his spirituality, which led him through many years of study, practice, and under the guidance of other professional intuitives, mediums, and metaphysically-minded teachers from Castagada, Florida, and the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. He is honored now to make himself available to the public as an intuitive messenger so that other seekers and students have the opportunity to communicate with spirit. So please help me in welcoming Mitchell Osborne to my podcast. Hey, boy, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am doing well. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. It feels like it's been forever since we've had a chance to talk and I miss you so much. And I like it's it's been on my mind to like connect with you like in the last few months. I'm like, I need to. I need to connect with Mitch. I need to connect with Mitch. And I'm just like, okay, okay. But then I've been in this like kick where I not really wanted to talk with people and all of my friends and all the people that I normally would connect with on a regular basis. It's like, I'm like, Hey everybody, I need some, some Fernie time. So, and so now I'm like, okay, now I'm coming back into, okay, everybody, I got to catch up with everybody. So how have you been? How is business? I'm, I am well, and it's funny because as you're talking, I was thinking we've known each other a long time and we physically have been in each other's presence one time. Once. And you're one of the, you're one of the online friends that I consider, even before we met the, the, the physical in person, you're one of the people online that I really consider like a good friend and that I know, like I know, even though we've just, you know, text and back and forth mm-hmm. and been on things, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, um, but yeah, I've been, I've been doing well. Business is good for me. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if you want me to share my, what I do all the way around, but I, uh, my, my corporate day job, as I like to call it, I've been in health and fitness for 32 years now. I've been, since 21, so I do the math, I'm 53. I've been teaching group fitness exercises. I was a personal trainer. Now I manage um, group exercise instructors. So that's my full-time job and I absolutely love it. I love connecting with people. And um, yeah, 1999, uh, just, you know, everything started shifting and 
and changing. And then I've been uh, doing the work that you do, and and we do we we have a lot of the same things that we do. I'm a big tarot card person. I know that you don't use a lot of that, and I'm a big animal communicator. But we both do the psychic medium stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah, and it's been business has been good um, between vacations. So that's the. <laughs> That's yeah, well, I think that's one thing I appreciate about appreciate about you is that you take these like really thorough like vacations where you go to some place two weeks different and you spend yeah. quite a bit of time there. You're not like just rushing there and then rushing back. And that's like a problem with most people. They'll be gone for five days and they they're rushing during their whole vacation. So when they come back, they're like more exhausted than when they first yeah. left. You seem to always have a good time whenever you're on vacation. And I love seeing the pictures that you guys share. I don't think you share enough pictures when you're on a trip, when you're on vacation, but I think that's because you're like mentally checked out and you're like, I'm not going to be dealing with people or dealing with social media. I'm going to be here present and enjoying the experience. And I really enjoy that about you. Cause it makes yeah. me want to be the same way. And that and that and Wi-Fi on a cruise ship is expensive, so we're not going to do it. Right. But but yeah, but no, my husband Fabian, he is he's a we when we go we've been on Holland America several times, which is really an old cruise, like mm-hmm. it's the average age is sixty eight. So because we are usually in bed by ten o'clock at night, we do not party. You know, I don't drink. It's been twenty seven years. You know, no drugs, nothing. Fabian will have wine, but we're usually up at six a.m. out the door by seven, eight o'clock, and we're wherever we are. We are on the go. Most most days, if we're sightseeing like a city, we are getting between 15 and 25,000 steps a day. So that's, wow. you know, between like eight and, and 12, 14 miles. Yeah. Uh, in Boston recently, we, we literally did 12 and a half miles of walking. So wow. we go, 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 go. Yeah. But then I get to eat whatever I want when I'm on vacation. True. Yeah. You know, I think that, that has helped me because like in the last few months, uh, I... I started basing my entire diet around veganism. So a majority of my diet is vegan now. Um, and in the last two months since I did that, what kicked it off is I went to the dentist and they were like, you have sleep apnea and your blood pressure is super high. You need to go to the hospital or the doctors like now. And I'm like, okay. So I was like, okay. So yeah, I was like, what the hell? Um, so I, I came back and I was like, well, this is just a push. So I'm like, might as well use it. So I just switched everything over and it's so much easier now to be a vegan than to than like 10 years ago or 15 years ago yeah. when I had first done it. Um, um, because there's so many options now and you can just go to the yeah. store, just load your cart up and you've got so many delicious things you can eat now. You don't have to think about it. And I think for me, it's yeah. the less thinking about it that I can do, the better. So I switched over. I'm not 100% vegan, but a majority of my diet is vegan. And so since I started that, it's been like, what, two months? I've lost 30 pounds. And then I've also, my blood pressure went from like high to now it's perfect. And every time I go in and check it, they're like, it's perfect. It's perfect. I'm like, good. Oh, that's so good. That's, a, that's been a big change for me. And I think I'm having way more energy now as well. So I'm waking up at like three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do with myself because, <laughs> you know, it's like, what do I have all this energy? I don't know what to do with myself. So, so the first time I, so I met Mitch because people don't know how I met you. So I met you through Jamie. Jamie's another psychic that we both know. Um, and I was following her on like social media or whatever. And I saw her and I thought, oh, she's pretty cool. And then uh, you two were doing like a lot of shows back then. You were doing like a weekly uh, radio program. 
on um, Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes. And I listened to you both, and I'm like, oh, that guy sounds pretty cool. And then I looked you up, and I was like, oh, he's really cute. I was like, oh, my. <laughs> so I was like, well, I've got to get in there. So I started to kind of like communicate, communicate, and just like saying hi or whatever, just because I appreciated what you both were doing. And I loved the bouncing back and forth that y'all were doing with each other. And I appreciated the work that you were doing. And at that point, at that time, it was so earlier in my own development. So I saw you guys as like inspirational for me and you guys helped to essentially inspire me and to give me a push of like you know what like you can you can do this and you can do it well and look at these look at these people they're doing it really well so after that it just lit a a fire under my ass and then i started to connect more with you and then me and you became closer and jamie just you know me and her didn't stay as close but you and i stayed because you weren't straight (laughs) well you know it's sometimes it's really hard to relate to a female you know when you've got a penis so it's really hard yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, the funny thing was, is the, and the funny thing was, is on, uh, you know, Jamie is an amazing woman. She mm-hmm. is a firecracker. She's, a, she's such a powerful psychic and medium. Um, and, uh, but she, it was funny because on those shows, I was a straight guy. I really was. She was yeah. the, the loose cannon that right. was, you know, telling people, you know, go, <laughs> she was like, go have monkey sex right. and stuff like right. that. And I was like, well, I can see what Jamie means. She's like, really go out and just start to sow your oats and have fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I would say monkey sex, but it was just so easy for me just mm-hmm. to be the natural straight guy for that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a blast. I mean, I think we did like like two and a half to three years, wow. just like every Sunday night, and we came back and did every other Sunday and stuff like that because because we had Evan on there with us mm-hmm. until he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a just a wild ride, and with Danny and with uh, Sandy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Brenna. So yeah, it was it was a it was a it was it was another one of my boot camps, you know, as mm-hmm. a, I'll never forget, you know, in like 2000, you know, from, from 19, December, 1999 through 2007, I was reading, you can probably see all my books way back there mm-hmm. and the, behind me in the video, but I was reading so many books and I remember reading John Edward book. Um, and he said, yeah, my boot camp was my boot camp training was at the, the flea markets on long Island. I remember thinking, you know, you know, be careful mm-hmm. what you ask spirit. Cause mm-hmm. you're going to get it. I said, where's my boot camps? Well, first boot camp was reading cards at um, uh, Universal Studios Orlando, Florida. Mm. And that was powerful because here are people from all around the world, uh, young and old, and they're paying like 20 bucks for five minutes. You know, and I'm barely getting a commission off of that. <laughs> and I had literally like the Blues Brothers was on the other side of the wall so I could barely hear myself. Mm-hmm. And it was just like it taught me laser like focus and then jumping on with Jamie and just, you know, client. I mean, not client, but, um, you know, caller after caller after caller, you know, mm-hmm. we would do sometimes we did two hour shows when we, when we did. We circle back around and tried to get us. I'm not doing two hours. It's just I'm not doing mm-hmm. it. Um, I could do an hour, maybe a 90 minutes, but it was just really my boot camp. And then as an improviser, like I had a theater for 10 years of improv. Mm-hmm. And that was another place where it was really my boot camp, not so much as a psychic and medium, but as really to be free thinking, mm-hmm. free flowing, get out of your own way. Right. And, um, you know, it's funny because you, you read pretty quick, like I do, and no, no offense to slow readers, but because I'm a quick reader, when mm-hmm. someone's like, 
well, I feel like I'm getting, I'm like, I'm like, come on, girl. <laughs> yeah, let's get it together. So spit it out, spit it out. Yeah. Because people always go, don't you do, you know, I only do, you know, 30 minute sessions online and 45 minute in my house. And I was like, can I do an hour? I said, well, we probably don't need an hour. I really don't need an hour with you. Because yeah. after 30 minutes, I'm like, what else do you need to know? And they're like, literally 90% of the time, mm-hmm. I, you know, I said, we got about five more minutes. Is there anything else you want to ask? Because most of the time I did all the talking. Right. And they're like, oh, I think you covered everything. And I'm, then I feel bad that, you know, there's five more minutes right. that I've paid for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have the same issue. I have the same issue because I, people don't need that much time with me. And usually at the 20 minute mark, most people are done and they have no more questions because I've covered everything and then they've gotten their questions in. Um, so after that, I'm just like, where are you? And then once we get to the 25 and then now you've got the talkers, you've got the people who go way over the 30 minutes and they're like trying to pull it and pull it. I'm like, I gotta go. I've got other clients, sweetheart. Yeah. But, but you know, for the most part, I appreciate just spit it out. Just say what you're going to say. Even if you think it sounds absolutely nuts, just spit it out. Because if you are like that, this, that I feel like that to me represents I'm contradicting myself or I'm fighting myself on what I'm picking up on on what I'm sensing. And so I'm like, no, if I don't give myself a chance to fight myself on it and just spit it out, like, you know, having mouth diarrhea, it's going to come out in its purest form. And that's why I appreciate that about you as well. So, well, you... I will watch back some of my old videos that I did yeah. my weekly forecast. And yeah. literally, it's so funny because I stop myself and I go, why am I smiling at myself? Why do I, why am I like entertained? And I, part mm. of it is I, I, like you, I work mm. hard on my personal energy, mm. my personal health, my physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, intellectual mm. health and well-being. I work on it to keep it as high as possible. And, you know, so when I watch myself back, it kind of tickles me watching myself because I feel separate from that person that was speaking a lot of times, which that makes me realize I was in a different vibration at that point because I'm not, it's not me. Uh, And it's just, it's kind of neat to watch it back sometimes. Yeah. So you have been doing animal communication for how long now? Um, so I've professional, I've been doing everything professional since mm. 2009. And I didn't really do animal communication at that point. They mm. were there. People would say something about their animals and stuff like that. But when I moved in with Fabian, my husband, when I started dating him in 2007, he had um, Sheldon, who's still with us. He's 18 years old. Mm. Um We've said goodbye to two Pomeranians and an American short hair cat in our 12-year, almost 13-year relationship. Um, we have Bartolomeo and Sebastian. So early on, I was, you know, practicing, like, in classes and stuff when I first started meeting him. And nobody ever did animal communication stuff. And I was just like, I know what they... I know what they want. I know what they need. I was connecting with them. You know, I'm one of those people that I usually approach an animal not wanting something from them. So their energy was very open to me because most people are trying to heal their inner child. (laughs) Love me, kiss me, show me that you care for me. You know, I'm like, I told people so many times, please don't work out your childhood problems on my cat. He's a particular (laughs) cat. Just leave him alone. Mm -hmm. Just don't, don't touch him. Don't pet him. He he barely comes to me in two years. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I remember in a class and I was on, I think I was either I was teaching or taking it, but I think it was about tarot cards. 
you know, probably 10 years ago. And I said, oh my God, one day I can imagine my business card is going to say pet psychic because I like know what they say. And sure enough, it's about 40% of my business. Yeah. And I've studied what I would call all the greats, Joan Renquit, um, uh, uh, Gurney, uh, Carol Gurney. Mm-hmm. Um, Tellington Jones, I can't remember, Linda Tellington Jones, she was the big horse person. Mm. Um, Danielle McKinnon is a newer one. The other mm. ones are like 20, 30 years old. Mm. Um, Penelope Smith has been around for like 20, 30 years. And, you know, so I've studied, you know, mostly books with them, a few classes and videos online because none of them are near me. Every time they come near me, I try to go see them. And I was about ready to book one that was coming to Central Florida and she, they just didn't get enough people. But, uh, but yeah, so those have been my teachers in that. And, you know, it's one of those things, I'm sure you've done this too. You study, 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 study. And every time you pick up a new book, you're like, I know this. This is what I do. (laughs) Why do I need to read another freaking book? Spirit has thumped me in the head so many times and said, just go do it already. It's good that you're a student of life and your practice and your work, but you know this, you know, so just go out there and start doing it. So, so I, I, I jumped in and, and it's interesting how I work. (laughs) Well, so what, what triggered you to even go down this path? Like, did you have an experience with animals that you can kind of think back to that really, like, I think triggered this for you or started you on this path? Um, yes and no. Growing up, we had like a family business, we had guard dogs. Mm. And I had such empathy for them because they lived in a little cage and they were let out at night. And, and I just I, I could get past that. Um, also, the other thing, which makes me chuckle, but like I had two brothers, older and younger, but none of my brothers and none of my parents would bury our dead. Anytime one of our animals died, I was the one that had to go bury it, which I think is hysterical in the sense of we're talking death and we're talking animals and we're, you know, beyond the grave. And if you've ever seen Pet Cemetery, I always joke. I said, we had a pet cemetery way out behind our family business and I would just line them up against the fence. But I'll never forget taking our, our toy poodle in, you know, for the final moments of his life. And the freaky thing was, is you have to sign a piece of paper that says it's okay for them to kill your animal. <laughs> I mean, it's euthanization and, and there's a polite way to say it, but I'll never forget signing the paper and just like tears starting coming to my eyes. And I did not go in there with them mm-hmm. where now I, I have, we've been with every animal. We held them. We said goodbye to them. We, you know, we brought them home. We buried them in our backyards, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is against the law. Um, but we've, we've done what? it. Is yeah, it considered yeah. to bury a dog or an animal? In... You're not supposed to bury them in like your... like it just in Florida where you are, or like everywhere. I, I think it might be just state by state, but mm. I, in our state, we're not. You're not really supposed to. Nobody is going to enforce it. Right. You know, especially what it is. But um, and I could be totally wrong. But 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 the vets have said something like, "Yeah, you're not supposed to." Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I just. I, I just felt the connection and more and more people started asking about it. And I, I was, you know, I'm sure you've done this with a certain component of your life. I was afraid to advertise it because then I have to produce. Right. But when it came up, I did it. And um, I had a friend, she was a teacher and then became a friend, but she took us to a local zoo mm-hmm. and we had a day of, um, uh, we would sit in a room and we, we walked the zoo, we connected and we came back and we debriefed about what we heard, what we felt. And then she brought in an owl and she brought in a lizard, the people at the thing. And when that lizard came in, 
each, each one of us would step up in front of him about three to four feet in front of him and just try to connect. And everybody that stepped up, the lizard was like hissing at him. I got up there and it started purring. What? And I'll never forget going, well, I've always really been attracted to reptiles. I mean, I love lizards. I love snakes, turtles, you know, amphibious things, mm-hmm. um, you know, things that like dragonflies that were born in the water and then live on, you know, then fly or, or, or frogs that were born in the water and then, you know, and then come out. But it was really bizarre. And of course, I'm in Florida. So we got snakes and gators and turtles everywhere. Right. So it was um, it was a really kind of powerful moment. And I've also from an alien place, I doubt we're going to go there today, but I'm very connected to alien lizard folk. So, so I feel like there's a, um, reptilians, um, the reptilians re- yes, very much, so, <laughs> very much so. So I feel like there's a big reptilian connection to me. Um, but yeah, it was a really, it was a powerful moment. And, um, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where I don't say this often about anything that I do, but if you walk up with your cell phone and you go, here's my baby, mm. I'm immediately going to go, do you want me to connect? Because I can already hear them. It is, it is, it is loud and clear. Literally on my drive home tonight, somebody texted me and said, hey, um, my baby's you know, crying because my husband's going to be going out of the country for a couple weeks. And I said, send me a picture. <laughs> so mm. my phone's propped up and I'm looking over at the animal and I'm like, this ain't about your dog. This is about you. You're upset because mm. your husband's leaving. And I, I press the microphone so I can drive and I talk. And I'm just, I'm, right. I'm dictating back to her. Right. And of, course, and of course she says, you're right. It's not about her. You know, we're having difficulties, Aww. you know, you know, um, and, and, and I'm taking care of parents and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so it was one of those things where it's just, it's loud and clear. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know why I shied away from it in the beginning, but um I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I finally really fully embraced it. Um, so much so that I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that to the next level, if you will. So. I, I see that a lot where the animals are reacting to their, their, their parents, you know, I, there was this lady that we used to have come in at Starbucks back in, um, years ago. And she always came in with her little dog in a stroller. I mean, this big old massive stroller, I mean, way bigger than she needed, but it was a full blown size, yeah. like stroller and this little beady dog inside the stroller, um, this yeah. little terrier. And she would walk in, come in every single day. And I mean, she, that was her baby. And so when she got a job out of town, she had to fly in and out every single week. So she spent most of her week away and her husband took over taking care of the dog and he didn't have the patience or even the desire to want to coddle or to baby the dog the way she had. Um, and the dog ended up getting cancer within a very short period of time and started going through chemotherapy. So it was really traumatic. Yeah. The dog lived it survived. Thank God. But it was, uh, you could tell that it was her energy doing this because she was so distraught over not being there for the dog and how yeah. her husband was having to take care of it. And she didn't like traveling away for work. So all of that kind of culminated and manifested yeah. into this cancer for the dog. And, and cancer typically represents, you know, kind of a self-hatred, you know, cause it's yeah. eating you up inside. In humans, in humans, as, yeah. I mean, humans as well. Yeah. I, I was just yeah. telling somebody well, and, yesterday. And, yeah. And my belief, absolutely. They, they're either mirroring or, or role modeling. Mm-hmm. 90% of the time they're mirroring what's going on or they're showing you what's going on. Right. You know, many times someone will call up or, um, you know, I got a client and usually by the end of my session, yeah. 
because all I get from the client is a picture of the animal mm -hmm. and I show up at my, my computer about 10 minutes before our session mm -hmm. and I have, I have an entire clipboard and on this clipboard are all the questions I ask the animal and then I have about a page of information that when I call them I say I'm going to talk for about 10 minutes anything I makes sense let me know if I don't address it by the time we get to the end of our conversation you'll have plenty of time to ask me questions mm -hmm. and I go through it and usually by the end of it it's about the human not the animal because right. the animal got the human there. Right. The animal knows how to live in the moment. Right. It's our energy that screws them up. <laughs> or at least they're working with us to help us all evolve, you know? Yeah. And they're, they're evolving themselves. And part of their involvement is helping us. So in communicating with animals, have you noticed a difference in the communication style with animals versus when you're communicating with a spirit? Because you do both. You're, you're also a spirit communicator as well. But do you notice any major differences in the communication style with each? Yeah, so and my joke is, um, so cats and dogs are most of the business, and then the horses are kind of the third runner-up. So when I'm talking to a bigger dog, like a lab, mm. typically it's, it's just a dog feel, mm -hmm. and I, I'm often talking to what I call a translator mm. or their higher self. And the translator may be like just a spirit guide or something, or spirit mm -hmm. communicating about the dog. If it's like a Chihuahua, Dachshund, you know, Pomeranian, smaller dogs, I'm usually talking to the dog. Right. Um, it's usually their energy that I'm feeling. A cat, no, it's just another world. You know, you have cats, you know. <laughs> they are they are more alien. They are more off planet. They are more able to live between the two worlds or three mm -hmm. worlds or parallel universes. Almost every cat, I'm talking right to them and their energy. They often communicate very intelligently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I'm talking to like a bigger dog, sometimes they're just like doo 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 doo, like a dog. <laughs> you know, and that's mm -hmm. not that they're more evolved or less evolved by size, but mm -hmm. that's typically what's been. Now, when I'm talking to a horse, it's almost always this regal feeling, but they're extremely earth energy. Where cats are like off-planet energy, horses are very much earth energy. Mm. And I, I, I approach them with reverence because it's like, for me, it's almost like um, indigenous people, that, 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 that feel of, you know, just of, you know, owning the land, knowing the land, working with the land. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of times it's, it's their energy, but every once in a while, it's like I would call a translator or just the higher self or, or spirit, you know, communicating what I, what the questions I'm asking. Yeah. Um, that, well, I was going to say that, that, that's an experience I've had myself where when I'm, when, cause I don't do a lot of animal communicating, it's usually spirit communication, but when someone is wanting to, to connect with an animal, I'm not so much connecting with the animal themselves directly. I mean, I may get bits and pieces, but usually a human spirit will step in and communicate on behalf of the animal to help yeah. me understand the information. And so I've noticed that happening with my communication with animals as well, where there's usually a representative. It's the same thing with babies. Babies are very similar to animal energy, I've noticed. So when a baby has passed and they were pretty young, usually the baby won't be communicating the information so much as the human that can help to relay that information in a way that I can understand so that there's more depth to the experience besides just the presence that comes with a child or with an animal. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's interesting because like you, when you said babies, that made me think of like anytime I've dealt with like um, a, a, what I would call a baby energy or a child that didn't live long or, you know, miscarriage type energy, they usually come in almost cherub like. So it's almost like a, a, a lower vibration of, of angelic energy mm. for me. And, um, you know, the, the, the energy of the animals, I, I forgot whether I was going to go with this, but like the energy of the animals, um, it, it definitely is very clear 
um, most of the time for me. Um, and it, it's not so muddled. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, a lot of times, what you just said made me think of, a lot of times I feel like the animal energy may come across as a human because I do believe, and I know this is one of the things we're going to talk about, I do believe the animals can come in from, they were human before, they can come back. Um, a lot of times it's what I call like an overlay. Like every once in a while, I'll look at it like a, like a lab and I'll say, oh, I'll say, did your grandfather meet your child? And they'll say, no, they were never in human form together. I said, because I'm getting a lot of grandfather energy with the mm -hmm. eyes of this lab. So I feel like your grandfather's kind of overlaying within the dog so he can be physically connected to your son who's like three years old. And, you know, it's like, because they can come in, because animals don't usually live long, where we humans, we often can live many years, where if you, if a, if a human, if an energy being that's been human before wants to come in just for a short period of time, right. and come as an animal and only stay, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15, 16 years, right. uh, or they can just overlay the energy if they've got kind of an animal that's willing to kind of connect. Right. Um, and like when one Pomeranian passed away three years later, we, we got a stray that was nine years old. I felt the other Pomeranian's energy overlaying, yeah. but only for a short period of time. Yeah. And for anybody listening to this, if you have an animal and it crosses over and then you get another animal and they start having the same issues, you're probably not getting the message that the first animal was trying to get you to understand <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's like they hand the baton off because yeah. you didn't get it before their lifetime their yeah. lifetime. And that was one of the things I felt like Lovita, she passed on to Tiffany was some of the stuff because she had some of the same issues. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just breed to breed, but it was like, it was like, that's, that's the same kind of personality. So do you think it's them helping us to, because I have this belief that some animals are fragments or aspects of our own souls, and they're reflecting and representing parts of ourselves through the interaction and engagement with each other. I mean, it's just like, I believe with all of us, we're all part of the same God force, and we bounce off of each other, those lessons and those experiences yeah. to develop and to grow and to evolve. Same thing with animals. Now, do you think that animals, uh, do they, like, so you're saying, do you think that they reincarnate and that sometimes the lesson that is being experienced with an one animal, like it'll, come up again in another animal or yeah i do I, in other words i think i think they're i think they're probably part of our soul family and in hip in, in hypnotherapy and hypnosis that we talk about you know our the soul group and if you can think of like source god as the all-encompassing energy then if you think of like below it like a, you know like a thought bubble below mm -hmm. here's your soul family within that soul family is you know a certain amount of energy that you know you and i could be from the same soul family mm -hmm. you know and there's been there's been stories of people who knew that they were like like a, a white woman 30 years old had a regression and she knew she was a 60 year old black man living in chicago and she knew his name and everything and she felt she was that same soul but it was the same time she looked him up she could find him so that thought is that it's like there's this energy and it's almost like a finger coming down to her and then another finger coming down to him, but they get back to the same energy, which is why I personally think a lot of people will have a regression to a past life and they go, oh, I was this famous person, but yet somebody else said they were the famous person as well. Right. So they could all be from the same soul family right. and recognize that energy. Right. You know, and I think when you, when you meet someone, you know, and you kind of look at them, you go, 
have we met before? Because I just feel like I know your energy. It's like you're probably soul family recognizing each other. And I think the animals do that. I think they, they come in and out. So there could be aspects of like a great grandfather of yours that's in one of your cats, mm. you know, just kind of connecting with you because he never knew you or he wanted to be incarnation with you, but you just didn't quite make it together. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think they can. So what what is the most extraordinary experience you've ever had with communicating with animals? Um, memorable moments where you're like, holy shit, like this was insane, you know, this experience. So I got to tell you, for me, the most memorable ones are, and most of the time they're, they're about lost animals. And a lot of, I don't, if somebody emails me and says, I've got a lost animal, I immediately say, send me a picture. Let me tap in quick. And then we'll see if we need a session Mm -hmm. because that's, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, I think Pam talks about this or one of Pam Coronado, one of our Mm -hmm. people, she's like, she missing children and things like that. She doesn't charge for it. She just helps. Um, I can't remember what the subject matter was, but it's not that I don't charge for it. And I, and I, I, but I want to tap in quick and see if I can't, because a lot of times people aren't going to understand. And I'll usually say, What's going on in the house? Because I'm feeling like something happened there. And she says, oh, my husband and I are you know, we're going through a divorce. I said, well, would you want to be in that household? No, right. that's why your animal left. Wow. So you need to change the energy in the house. Right. Or I may say, you know, I feel, like you're, I feel like your cat is off on an adventure. Um, and I'll say, or I feel like your cat's looking for somebody. Did your son just go off to college or something? she go, oh, yeah, he just got married and they moved mm-hmm. to across. The- well, did you tell your cat that your son, who he's been with for 13 years, is now living on the other side of the country? Wow. You, you got to communicate this to them. So a lot of times it's about them coming back. That has been for me the most memorable one. Um, and then and then also just like if the cat's like spraying in the house or or fighting with another animal or something like that, and I'll say and I'll just coach them on how to energetically work with them, not as a behavioralist because I'm not a behavioralist, mm-hmm. but how to energetically work with them. And they'll email me like a week later and say, Oh my God, she hasn't done that since then. They, they're they're absolutely you know the, the two cats are now laying beside each other and they love each other. And they're happy and I'm like well that's because you didn't keep feeding it to them because <laughs> because in a nutshell if if you've got two cats in your house and one day they got in a fight and then the next day you see them walking towards each other and you go oh my gosh I hope they don't get in a fight like they did yesterday right. the energy you just sent them was here do mm-hmm. this again you know yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's been kind of the amazing thing well, for that's, me. That's, I mean, that's, that's LOA right there. That's a lot of attraction stuff where the moment yeah. it's, that's what I tell people. Like when you think about a relationship, if you're wanting a very good, healthy relationship, but the first thing you think about when I say relationship is your ex or how much pain you were from your last relationship or whatever, that's where you are. You activate yeah. that energy. So that's the first thing you're sending out. So the moment you're thinking about your ideal relationship, you're actually not asking for an ideal relationship. You're reactivating this old energy. So yeah. the next situation you run into is going to have a lot of that old energy coming up within that same, within the oh, when, new person. When are they going to call me? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was going Tuesday. Right. Next right. Tuesday? I don't know. Just a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just, if, you know, just, and I love how you said it because a lot of times I will say, you know, someone who's pining over a certain person, I said, mm-hmm. so would you be okay if the universe brought you something even better than that? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but what about, I'm like, mm, you're not there yet. Cause if you're not, if you're not willing to have something even better yeah. than what you're clawing after, then you're still stuck in that cycle, mm-hmm. you know? And that's where, that's where I'll, that's one of the reasons why I want to get into like the hypnosis and the, the EMT, which is eye movement therapy and tapping and all that stuff, because I wanted to be able to help people to move beyond that. 
Right. You know, as a psychic and a medium, we can talk about it. And you, and you, you do Reiki, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, I yeah. used to. I don't do it anymore, but I used to. Yeah. But, but you understand the components of, of right. you know, energetic healing and clearing and stuff like that. And we can do so much, but if they keep reaching back for it right. and call it back in, right. nothing we yeah. do is for not. Yeah, I was just telling a lady that yesterday that because she was asking me if I did Reiki. I said, no, I don't do it anymore. But I said, I can send you to someone who can clear your energy and help you to shift things around, except it's like taking a bath. If I bathe you <laughs> and then you go outside, start playing in the mud again, you know, whose damn fault is that? Because is yep. it my fault or is it your fault? Don't blame yep. me because you're over there rolling around in shit. You know, it's yep. your fault. So fix your shit. So yep. that's usually the case. So are I, there... cleaned you, I cleaned you up. I gave you some, some boots right. and I showed you the path to avoid right. the mud, but you went right back this way. What's up right. with that? Mm -hmm. well, we've all been... We've all yeah. been there. Yeah, yeah. And that's prob probably because we were taught how to make mud pies as kids, you know? So yes. that's probably why. Yep. Are there some animals that are easier to communicate or talk to than others? Um. Yeah, yes, and it's, it's personality, just like clients. Um, mm -hmm. But like I said, cats are really very clear for me, and it could be because I just have a great affinity for them. Right. Um, dogs are you, cats are not always willing to talk, but when they are talking, it's very clear and very mm -hmm. distinct. It feels very, it feels like a high frequency, high pitch, mm -hmm. not like, like sound, mm -hmm. but dogs, it feels a little more thick, like a human. And sometimes you may not, you know, you and I, I may communicate something to you and then you may tomorrow think back to what I said and you may mm -hmm. not fully get exactly how I said it because it went through human ears and human body. And that's kind of what dogs are like. Dogs are very close to human energy, I think. Um, you know, uh, reptiles and things like that. It's not that they don't have a lot to say. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just like, yep, nope. You know, what's your day like? And they'll just send me a picture of it laying in the sun versus, mm. oh, I just hang out in the sun and I just eat this and I eat that. But it's like it's like minimal because and think and when you think about a, a reptile, um, cold blooded. So mm. if it's not warm, they, they're not going to move. And if it is cold, they don't move much. Right. Um, just like animal in a few words. They don't make a lot of sounds, right. you know. Mm. So, so, yeah. So, so are animals like generally happy um, just being or are some animals sad by nature um like does it change from breed to species or as far as the happiness uh equation that's a really good question it's making me think um because i've never thought about that i it, animals and i'll put i think you'll understand it this way when i'm talking to an animal whether a whether they're alive sitting next to me or crossed over the communication feels spirit mm. so I think you probably work almost identical to me when you're talking to someone who's, who's, who's passed on, you know, a lot of times they'll communicate their energy as a human, how they felt as a human. But when you, when the person says, but how are they now? You're probably saying the same thing I'm saying. Well, they're fine. They're, yeah. they're old. Yeah. You know, they're happy. They're free of the body. You know, it's like they, they get to jump and scream and yell and fly and, you know, travel the universe. It's, it's like that for all animals, even when they're like kind of like sitting next to me alive. Mm. Um, it's almost like I'm connecting to that level of them because yeah. um, they, they don't have the vocal cords that we have and they don't communicate like we communicate. Yeah. Um, and, and typically it's heart to heart. So when you think of if you communicate it only through your heart, that's kind of how it feels um, for animals. And that's the best way to communicate with them is from heart to heart, from your heart I think, chakra. I think that's why I've been, you know, I, 
the the one thing that really just aside from my blood pressure and from it being an alternative to you know getting my health right i was feeling so guilty and i was feeling so much pain eating meat and it just it was painful to eat it even though i love yeah. meat i love i mean hispanic yeah. by nature i love my tacos and everything but yeah. I, it, it was so painful and i think now i don't have that like overshadowing of pain yeah. that comes along when you eat meat and you eat foods that are you know taken from animals that are tortured and going through all these processes and facilities and so yeah. for me it was a big thing about that and i was like I, I i can't do this anymore it just it hurts too much and i, yeah. I can't cope with it anymore so yeah. Mm. And I and I I take um because I still do eat meat just um probably like most every lunch is no meat whatsoever except tuna maybe twice a week, um and it's usually a gigantic raw salad with beans, mm. um but I take a, a page out of the kind of like the indigenous people of of the Americas, and that is you know honoring the life, mm. um, honoring what was given. In, and, and even acknowledging probably some of the pain and the suffering that they probably went through. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when I, and I read this recently in a book and I was just like, it made me laugh out loud because like, you know, I'm even, you know, I believe, you know, an ear of corn has mm -hmm. you know, energy and spirit, just mm -hmm. like a tree, just like a cat, just like a horse, goat, you know, like a human. And, you know, when I connected to like an ear of corn kind of a thing, it was like, it's okay that you eat me because when you get put in the ground, I'm going to be eating you again. And we're all going to, it's just going to be the circle <laughs> right. of life, right. you know, and even the trees kind of a thing, you know, it's, it's one of those where they, they shade us, we cut it down, we create a house. And, and I, I read this in a book literally just the other day. Um, and she was like, do you know how, like how proud a tree that has been cut to allow you to live in it is almost like a mom might be proud of their child walking across the stage graduating. Mm. In other words, almost like I, I gave my life to get to this point. Mm. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking at your house and I see a lot of wood and wood beans. And I'm thinking those trees, you know, they grew to a point and then they said, all right, I'm, I'm good. Let me sacrifice you know, my being to be a roof over someone's head, you know? So again, it's that big circle of life. Now, the challenge I think for us is to make sure that we honor their life and their death. You know, if I trim trees outside, I usually say to the tree, listen, I need to take this branch down because it's like, it's in my way or mm -hmm. can I do this? Are you okay with that? And, and sometimes I'll get pushback and I'm like, please, because it's, it's it, you, you'll grow higher up if I take this branch down or whatever. So I'm, I honor that. I mean, I was like, I honor before I cut them. Um, and you can get as, as rich as like, you know, before you mow the grass, you know, right? Yeah. All right, I'm going to stimulate your growth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so it is, it is interesting. And, you know, I, I, I think in a perfect world, we could um, probably all live side by side. And, and, you know, there is a point where as humans, we still live in the structure that we need to eat, eat something for sustenance. But I do believe there are people that can just live on water alone. I think they've trained their bodies where that's all that they need to survive. Right. Um, or I think I forgot what they call the people who just breathe. They're, they're like veterinarians. Breathinarians, yeah. Yes. And I, because I tried, I looked into that when I was be, when I was a I vegan the first time. It's possible. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. I, yeah. Know, I saw like this I one. People can transmute into an animal, yeah. become an animal, and shape shift. Yeah, there was that one woman where she said all she did was breathe, she didn't eat. And I was like, what? And the bitch looked great. I mean, she looked really good. And I was like, mm, I don't know, girl. You, I know. <laughs> you had to eat something. There's just too much looseness on you, you know? So, mm. yeah. 
So I, I I've got a few questions from people on yeah. Facebook. Um, so the first question is by Sarah, and she asks, um, is there something we can do daily to ease their tension or anxiety when we leave home so they don't feel abandoned or sad? Yes. What I... And, 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 you know, <laughs> just like you would do with a person, mm-hmm. love you, going off to work. It's a, it's an important role. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be back to, you know, I'll be back at this time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and throughout the day, I'll think about you. Mm-hmm. The challenge is, is to not do the human thing and go, oh my God, you poor baby, I'm going to be alone all day long. Let me tell you what, there are a lot of humans that would cherish a day by themselves with nobody around. Right. And animals are, are pretty cool with that. So if your animal is exhibiting like separation anxiety, it's probably the human. Mm. So, you know, just, and you said, um, we leave, what was, what, we leave what? what was our question to relieve um, yeah, anxiety? So, so uh, uh, something we can do daily to ease their tension and anxiety when we leave home for, or, or so they don't feel abandoned or sad. Just just let them know you're coming back. And then throughout the day, when you think of them, think of them in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, like every time you go to the bathroom, just have a moment, you know, envision them, see a smile on your face, see them feeling good and, mm-hmm. and having a good day um, and, and avoid doing, oh, my gosh, they're by themselves. They're this, they're that. You know, animals don't have the emotional. They don't do emotions like we do. Right. And the example I always say is, you know, if a, if a dog got hit by a car, it doesn't lay there on the side of the road going, what did I do to deserve this? Right. Does that person hate me? And they don't limp away thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be the same. The dog just goes, ow, crap, that hurt. And then they walk right. on with their life right. and they, never, they don't look back where we continue to hold on to and replay the emotions and we imprint it on us. Yeah. Um, and I do believe some animals can do that. But more importantly, I think we humans continue to support it. Mm-hmm. How many times have you ever heard someone say, oh, that's so-and-so, he doesn't like men, or he was abused by tall men with dark hair, so just leave him alone. You yeah. continue to support something that may have happened one time, or you may have even conjured up just because you needed to find a reason why he bit that man that came into your house. Yeah. But um, And then even if you see animals on the side of the road that are abandoned or whatever, just ask, Am I part of this animal's karma? Do I need to step in? If you get a yes, step in. If you get a no, wish the animal love and light and that they'll find their path and who they're supposed to be helping that day. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know, in Florida, we got lots of roadkill here. So when I see an animal that has passed on the side of the road, mostly possums, armadillos, raccoons, right. um, squirrels, I always just say, you know, thank you, little warrior, for, for being here. Whoever, whatever lesson you have taught me or the person that, you know, did this to you, thank you for that lesson. You know, I don't pity them. Yeah. Because that's negative dense energy. I hold their vibration up and, and send them on, you know, some light to their next journey. Yeah. So Paula um, asks, what is a common communication that animals want to share? Um, thank you. It really is. Mm. Thank you. Because I get so many that were, um, you know, uh, rescued. And they're almost all, when they're alive, it's like, you know, when they're alive, it's more of, I'm concerned about my human. It's all about them. What's going on? There, a lot of times when I do live readings like this, I'm like, okay, your animal's going to out you. You are not taking care of yourself. You are not speaking up. Someone is walking all over you. Mm-hmm. And when they're crossed over, they're usually like, thank you for the care you gave me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for you know all the efforts. And a lot of times before they give them a chance to speak, I've already, I've already touched on last moments of their life, mm-hmm. which most people... 
most humans are going to say, did I do everything I could? Are they okay with how I handled the end of their life? And usually I try to say what the animal says about that before the human does so that it can hear it and understand it from a real fresh place. Yeah. So Samantha asks, are the dogs able to know their own, their owner's feelings, which obviously, I mean, you're saying that they yeah. do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very now, much. Do they, do they, do they have like thought patterns in their brains that are similar to what humans are, or is it more like emotional energy that they are picking up on? I feel like we're, we're sensing and seeing them in their animal state more than anything. Mm -hmm. If we pause, we take a breath, and, uh, and I think this is from Alice in Wonderland, we become curiouser and curiouser. That's when we start getting messages, and that's when we start seeing the higher vibration of them. Like right now, I'm looking at Bart, my cat, and he's asleep. Oh, he just popped his head up because I said his name. And he's, and he's probably sensing, like my husband, out, door, out the, the office door. So he's probably thinking, what's going on out there? What's happening? Now, if I pull up to the higher level, right. he's kind of tapping in, and he's like, he's, he's glad he's sitting next to me. Um, I feel like he's ready to go up and watch TV on the couch. I mean, he, he does a little bit of the pattern and the routine. Um, and he's probably <laughs> laughing because he's like, I'm just waiting for you to get out of that chair because I like that chair better than the Aww. chair you found here. He likes this chair much better. Right. Um, but, but yeah, so, so I, 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 I don't feel like they go through the emotions we go through. I do believe they have them. I believe they have pretty much the same ones as we do. That's just not, they don't, they live more like, a spirit being does where they're outside of the body, which is where the emotions are. Mm -hmm. I just, the emotions I think are a lot of connection to the humans and reflections of the humans. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Kristen asks, um, which animals typically want to communicate with us and which ones don't, uh, want to be bothered? Um, a lot of birds seem like they don't really want to be bothered. And, and I'm talking birds within houses, mm -hmm. birds outside of homes. They, so many birds are messengers. I mean, just mm -hmm. think of almost every, you know, woo woo movie, you know, Harry Potter, Alice, messenger, you know, crows, messenger, mm -hmm. you know, so they're really our messengers, but I think they're kind of like, you know, internet email. It's like, there's your message. And they take off, right. you know, they drop it and go. So, um, and then there's, you know, there's, you know, critters like, you know, like ants and crickets and stuff like that, which they don't live well with us. They're not right. like domesticated. Right. Um, and most people are going to stop them, squash them and kill them. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that they have a broader message like ants. When I look at ants, I see a broad message of, you know, working together as a unit. I don't, I don't necessarily hear individual messages from ants. If I had one, I probably would, but I see the broad message. Just like I was talking to someone the other day and I said, um, dogs, dogs, br the broad message for dogs is um, that they're here still showing us how little we care for life because of the number of dogs that are euthanized every day. And these dogs come in as warriors to show us how we're still not valuing life and the way we handle it. And I think, it, I think it's Gandhi or someone that says you can tell a nation or a culture 
their values and, and, and things and by the way they treat their animals. Right. You know, so as a country, we still got a little ways to go because, yeah. yeah. you know, just we're, we're killing them left and right. Um, but I look, I mean, if I get too, if I get real close as a human, it really hurts. But if I move into what I call the higher spiritual level, I can see the, 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 the mass appeal of showing us just how much we still have to learn from you know, a loving kindness um, caring for human life because because we treat humans the same way we're treating the animals you know we'll right. we'll, we'll run a bitch down on the road you know right right <laughs> you're right. you're in my lane get out of the way we just we'll get arrested for that <laughs> I think um, that's that's the thing that I appreciate most about animals is that they're not duplicitous they're just pure and themselves yeah. just a hundred percent of the time humans yeah. are duplicitous so you know one day you love people the next day you, you want to just run every bitch over that you see yeah. but it's this back and forth with humans versus with animals you just love them even the animals who are suffering or in pain or who are you know attacking you know that their reason for doing it is coming from a pure place of you know i want to protect myself i want to protect myself or yeah. you know i need to defend myself and so it's coming from yeah. a pure place it's not this this weird like i'm not sure what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, but I'm still going to do something that doesn't make any sense for me, you know, and yeah. which is what people tend to do anyways. So, and, and often yeah. they have, often the humans have an ulterior motive. That's the other thing, right. you know, when they get, when they get attacked or bitten or something like that, or they're, or they're just, they're in their territory, you know, literally, you know, if someone, if someone was in my house in the middle of the night, they might get shot, <laughs> you know, they might get stabbed. They might yeah. get, you know, thrown in jail. You're in my house you know, uninvited. And that's how animals often will look at us as we're walking, you know, by the lake and the snake bites us. That's their habitat. You know, and so, it's, it's often that. So what do you want, what do you want your legacy to be when it comes to your work with animals? Like, what do you want, what is, what is your point? What is the impact you're wanting to have in the world with this work? Bottom line, I think is that they are here to help us live grow, evolve, and learn. And if we just stop, every animal that really gets your attention, like, you know, you may be, you know, be driving down the road or walking through a park and a bird fly by and you don't think about it. But all of a sudden, a bird flies by and it's an unusual bird and it lands near you and it stops you and you're drawn to it. And you're like, well, this is unusual versus just a regular bird that just flew by and you just looked at it and you walked on. Right. It's like, stop for a moment, Google, if it's an ibis, Google animal totem ibis. What do you have? First I say, what does an ibis mean to you? What does it look like? How does it operate? And that's probably the message you need. Yeah. You know, like, it hit, like if the best one was um, a, uh, uh, a mosquito the other day was, I posted that. And I said, first of all, what does a, ski meet a mosquito do? Well, it, it, it's annoying. It bites you, sucks your blood, and then often it will go to somebody else and suck their blood and transfer something. So it may be, you know, transferring disease. So where are you transferring disease? Where are you annoying people or who is annoying you? Right. You know, gossip would be a great connection to a mosquito because it sips a little blood over here and then it goes over here and spreads the gossip to somebody else. Right. So what is that animal? Or and like I said, then go hit spirit, spirit, animal, totem, and then, you know, mosquito and just see what it is online right. and let that message resonate with you because I think that's the best way we can honor their life. If it's a butterfly, I think most of them live a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, what better way to honor that metamorphosis and change and transformation, you know, than understanding the message they brought to you. Right. And same with, your, same with your dog or your cat when it comes to the end of their life. You know, if you feel they're coming to the end of their life and slowing down, first thing, connect to their energy as much as you can. So when they've crossed, 
you know how that energy feels. Mm-hmm. And then second, just honor the, the life that they had for you, the, the, what they taught you, even if they were the biggest pain in the butt, right. they probably taught you patience, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So we're pretty much at the end of our time together. Is there anything you want people to know about you or your work or something you've got coming up that you want them to be aware of? So um, you can find me at MitchellOsborne.com. I'm kind of a social media whore, so I'm all over the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Find me there. Um, I do have, um, uh, if you go to my website, you can find some classes that I've taught that are um, on demand, and you can purchase those. Um, Animal communication, just psychic development, tarot card, even the Norman card, learning all that stuff. And um, and uh, yeah, and um, I don't know when this will be aired, but as of right now on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. on my Facebook page, I'm doing um, Talking Animals with Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And um, I just do a little bit about animal communication. And then if you post in the Facebook Live um, a picture and just some tidbits, you can read the information there and find out what to post. Um, I've been doing about three to four um, communications on Sunday nights. So hopefully that'll still be going on. Well, thank you so much for being a part thank of this. You. you know, I love you and I appreciate I love you. you too, man. It's been too long. Maybe our next podcast together will not be as long. Yeah. Um, but I love you so much and thank you for being here with me. Thank you. The love is equal and I truly appreciate you and all that you do for this globe. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. For more information about Mitchell, his work, or to book a session with him, you can do so by visiting his website at www.mitchellosborne.com. That's M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-O-S-B-O-R-N.com. See you next time, and as always, have a namaste.